This is Noah Kadner, and you're listening to the Virtual Production Podcast. Christina Lee Storm is a live-action and virtual production producer. You've seen her work in films like The Artist, Life of Pi, How to Train Your Dragon, and Trolls World Tour. Storm also recently accepted a position at Netflix as manager of virtual production. She takes a holistic approach to her career. My background is made up of a blend of animation experience, real-time, live-action feature producing. I like to work in the cross-section of technology and story. Storm spent a number of years as vice president of AR, VR, and emerging technologies at DreamWorks Animation. Our goal when I came into the group was to really spearhead the studios, not only our real-time technology strategy and initiatives, but to really look at how do we advocate for the future of content creation. Our work covered the spectrum of virtual production from visualization with location scouting all the way to like performance capture, including using motion capture and facial capture. With the recent surge in virtual production prompted by both the pandemic and new real-time workflows, Storm believes the most success will be found by multidisciplinary creatives. I don't find a lot of people who sit right in this cross-section of story production, traditional production, and the next generation of production. And I feel very fortunate and blessed that I get to sit right there in the middle because then I know how to best look at the tools, look at what the problem sets are in a traditional setting, and then how could we apply those today or in the future. Before forming her own consultancy, Storm worked on a virtual reality experience in conjunction with the How to Train Your Dragon animated feature. But out there, beyond the edge of the world, lies the home of the dragons. So we were very fortunate that Gil Zimmerman, who was our head of layout on the three different How to Train Your Dragon films. If we were a live action film, my job would be called the cinematographer or the director of photography. Ten plus years he worked on that. He ended up becoming our director for our How to Train Your Dragon, the virtual tour. It was a VR location-based experience. I'm looking forward to working with him in the future and working with him as a director because he understands the tools and how we utilized the stage, the motion capture stage. His workflow and how he used the tools were incredible. As a producer steeped in traditional animation workflows and later in CG animation, Storm is in a unique position to appreciate the quantum leaps made possible by real-time animation tools. I've been fortunate enough to be able to have worked in animation and live action. So I look at it both with different eyes because of what you can get. The foundation of animation is drawing 2D ink and paint. The object was to arrive at the drawing that would look best in motion. And then the workflow to 3D computer graphics. Our system is designed for an animator to interact with a computer in a way that was easy, convenient, had all the, the hooks and bells and whistles that they were used to with hand-drawn animation or puppet animation. Today, we're hitting another technology evolution where these tools are allowing, like, you can see the render very quickly. However, 
Similarly to going from ink and paint to computer graphics, there was a adoption need. So what we're seeing is there's that same thing for animation, depending on what kind of animation too. Is it feature or is it television? Television will probably adopt faster just because it's such a fast moving machine that you're constantly trying to produce large amounts of content. Having worked both in the fast pace of television and the long form mode of features, Storm sees parallels between the two worlds. It's much longer process, very well defined different departments. But I think the advantages that those that I'm already seeing is in collaboration, they're getting into the scene faster. It's the reducing of the redo in the animation process. And then also with the assets not having to be redone or thrown away right after previs, they can actually be adopted. And the use of motion capture, which can be sometimes controversial because <laughs> it's data, it's data performance, it's performance capture versus animation is done by artists. It's keyframed and someone who is an artist who spent a lot of time on this craft is doing it a different way. They're actually creating it. Nowadays, we don't really draw that much anymore. We really just kind of pose out the character using this CG puppet. Um, there's sometimes 3,000 controls in one character. With the dragons on How to Train Your Dragon, we had five to 6,000 controls. Animation. I would look at it as different approaches. So it's just a matter of the adoption of the tool and what is the content that you're making. So for TV, we already see it. Smaller animation studios that need to produce quickly are going to be able to see the gains of that collaboration. It's still early days for the majority to be adopting that. But I think just testing it out, like everyone just start working and testing and trying it out. And it's okay if there's redo or you're throwing things away because those assets aren't going to be suitable for in-camera. That's fine. One of Storm's most notable projects is the 2012 feature film Life of Pi, directed by Ang Lee. My name is Pai Patel. I have been in a shipwreck. I am on a lifeboat alone with a tiger. Thinking back on the experience, she sees how recent advances in real-time animation could enhance this kind of production. I would say Life of Pi was very much traditional VFX and the process of it. So I think for folks like Epic and Unity, the name of the game is Fur. <laughs> if you can make the fur photo real, then we'll see a different workflow of a Richard Parker, perhaps. And luckily they have amazing talent that have worked on Life of Pi who are working for these real-time technology groups. So that's exciting. I think that's already being thought about ahead. So the process will be a bit different. The process won't be linear. That VFX pipeline was very much akin to animation feature pipeline. For VFX, we're leaning on that photoreal look and feel. So once we get there, then it will be yet another like game changer. You know, that will be the topic for you to cover is, is that game changer on those assets. But it's coming. It's definitely coming. Storm sits on several key creative committees in Hollywood, such as the Board of Directors of the Producers Guild of America and the Board of Governors for the Advanced Imaging Society. 
I'm excited to introduce this panel of truly talented producers. She's participated in several panels examining the effects of the pandemic on workflows moving forward. There's been such an incredible surge of conversation about it. Virtual production allows people to work remotely. If everyone's working remotely, there's less risk of COVID. And in virtual production, it's not essential to be in the same place. So the pandemic has uh, offered up many interesting opportunities because, you know, I had to sit in quarantine for 14 days and wonder, like, what are some ways that we could have utilized technology? When considering the impact of the pandemic on the movie industry, Storm notes that virtual production is well-positioned to enable working remotely. Would it be easier if we were all in the same space? Absolutely. But the pandemic is not stopping us from working in virtual production, from continuing to create content and moving through the process. You're seeing remote collaboration, like instead of it being on a stage, they're just doing it remotely and multi-user. As soon as I mouse up, you should, yeah. you should see that foliage yeah, kind of coming in. And, and that's amazing. And I think the pandemic, what's the plus side of it, even it with it being such a hard thing for families and the economy and the world is it has forced innovators to innovate. And to be honest, folks have been working remotely for a very long time. When I was working in VFX, we did a lot of remote work with remote folks. Imagine that those folks can work at the same time, or maybe it's a time difference, but you're all converging at the same time. That's pretty amazing. I think that it's allowed for people to really think about it like, hey, what, what normally we would do this, we're constrained to working in this manner. And then from there, that's where really interesting tools get created. The bright side of it is that it's allowing for people to really be innovative and creative in a time where it's difficult. And I think anyone who's sort of like waiting for the pandemic to be over is wasting a lot of time. Hopefully no one's saying like, once the pandemic's over, we'll go back to our normal way of working. I don't think that people necessarily want to go back. One of the critical aspects of virtual production is the notion of agility borrowed from software development. Agility allows for work to progress as a series of experiments, each iterating on a core idea. There's plenty of people, it's like, I found really great ways of working and testing things out. The testing of things is in the forefront, whereas before we weren't really focusing on the testing. We were just focusing on like, let's produce, let's get things out. This is actually allowing us testing iteration, test iteration, which is pretty amazing. The producer's role within filmmaking is often misunderstood because it can encompass so many different tasks and focus areas. And according to Storm, it's a good thing to have a career that constantly evolves. I think the producer's role in 2020 is really to innovate by exploring and learning, exploring and learning about those new technology tools, and then making a decision to then implement something new in your filmmaking process. It doesn't mean, oh gosh, I am doing the same thing that they did on The Mandalorian. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. As I always say, either on panels or interviews or whatnot, that's the 
of the virtual production is a Mandalorian. There are so many other aspects and ways for us to unlock things in different phases in the visualization phase of virtual production. So I implore my fellow producers to really explore and learn and then make a decision and implement some form, whether that even being get into the real-time engines, play around, learn during this time we're all mostly staying at home. One benefit Storm recognizes in her experience coming from more traditional visual effects workflows to cutting-edge virtual production is the increased efficiency that can be achieved with the newer processes. You can do it with a smaller team. No, hey, we're going to get it. Great. Bring in the folks and then start to go. So it's exciting. It's like for me, as I sit in that little center of live action, traditional and virtual production, it's super exciting in that way. In addition to smaller teams, Storm also sees the benefits of not having to travel as much with a crew, especially in light of the pandemic reducing production travel for key members. I mean, that's easy. If you're able to do a large portion of your film on stage, you're able to reduce lodging, per diem, equipment costs, and even company moves. So there's a production efficiency, which ends up being additive to your creative process because it gives you more time and you're not moving around and people are able to get into their flow faster. A lot of people are already doing it, but it's just not being implemented in their current quote-unquote workflows. But a gotcha is like having the right talent, having the right brain trust, reaching out to the right people and talking to them. There's a very small community, so we're trying to get the word out and we're trying to expand that. Incredible amount of talented folks. It's just trying to get them in the mix. I think the other gotcha for sure, we're still talking about constraints in actual LED in camera, depth of field. Mandalorian, it was great reflective surfaces, whatnot. So we're still trying to push on what is the best environment. There's constraints to what would work best. Though clearly Storm is at the forefront of virtual production, she cautions it's not the solution to every problem. Part of the producer's role is to help analyze which techniques fit each production best. Mandalorian's the 1%. It's amazing what they did. We can have game engine, real-time render, and video wall technology coming together to create a backdrop for the big, beautiful world of Star Wars. But it's not necessarily conducive for every single filmmaker or every studio or every project. What's exciting is that there's folks that are very much engaged. They're engaged in learning and, and understanding the process. For me personally, on a project that I'm currently on, we're trying to see how to leverage virtual production still and its tools, but maybe do it in a not necessarily like we're shooting at an entire sequence. We're going to shoot out certain shots that can be then implemented and give a bigger scope to a lower budget film. As someone who has worked on massive blockbusters, Storm has the perspective to appreciate what virtual production's democratization brings in terms of opportunities for more modest projects. I think where I get excited is the, it's sort of like the rise of the independent filmmaker where way, way back, like when people were editing, they had to edit on the flatbeds and then we got Final Cut Pro and that changed everything where people could edit. You know, now like YouTube, what has YouTube done? YouTube has allowed for user-generated content. Rolling. That's allowing people to create and have audiences and leverage their voice. 
So I, I'm hoping that there is this really exciting way for people to take the tools and then create on their own. Because that kind of creativity, you look at it exponential. You take it on a global sense too. That someone in, let's say, Taiwan is going to come from a different perspective and have a unique story to share. Storm ultimately sees the fluidity, cost-effectiveness, and speed made possible by virtual production tools, leading to an increase in the number of films produced and in the available opportunities for more diverse voices. Tools definitely are being adopted more widely, but then there's some groups that, you know, maybe we could call the majority are trying to understand what that is, which is super exciting. Those that have been working in quite a while is like, okay, let's now get going and let's start putting more projects through, not just like four. And I think in the next few years, it's going to usher in this inclusive, highly collaborative way of working. And then those that lean in even more so, VPROD will be the how with the future of content creation. It's really going to open up that. been listening to the Virtual Production Podcast. Thanks again to our guest, Christina Lee Storm, for joining us. This episode was written and hosted by me, Noah Kadner. This episode was edited and mixed by Corey Abel. The Virtual Production Podcast is a co-production of The Virtual Company and Abel Cine. We love virtual production and would also love to work with you. So please visit our websites and drop us a line if we can help. You can find us at ablecine.com and thevirtual.co. This podcast also wouldn't be possible without Descript, the most fun you'll ever have editing audio as text. Try it now at descript.com. Please also let us know if there's a subject or a guest you want us to have on the show. And if you like what you heard today, please consider giving us a five-star review, subscribing, and telling all your friends about us. Thanks again and see you next time.